Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life, so don't waste them. Okay, first of all, congratulations on, uh, we're in the home stretch. How many people have had an amazing past few days? Raise your hand. Incredible, right? How many people believe what you put in is what you get out of something, right? Because what you put in, you get to keep, right? And so what I want you to do here is I'm going to push you. Is that okay for the next hour as a personal trainer to encourage you, to get you to do one more lap? How many people did uh, work with uh, some, of, some of the workouts here with, with the team? And that's what a coach does, right? Get you to do it one more time, one more set, because that's the intensity that gives you the, uh, the results that you want to be able to have. So I'm going to push you with your permission in the next 60 minutes. And I'm going to share with you not only strategies on how to employ and really use the things that you learned, but also give you some tips on how to have an ageless mind. How to use your mind to be able to affect your longevity. And so what I'd like everybody to do is stand up real quick. You're like, oh, I was just getting comfortable. Stretch out your body. Now, there was a, stretch out your body, be, be here with me. There was a study done by a Harvard psychologist. Her name was Ellen Langer. And uh, this was back in the 70s. In 1979, she was noticing, uh, she was looking at nursing homes, right? Senior homes. And are these some of the, have, how many people have ever spent some time in a visiting friends, family in a, in a senior nursing home? It was all about, she was, she was there, it's like, this is not the best place for, for people to thrive. Can you raise your hand if you agree with that? And she was like, what does environment, how does the environment affect our health? How does, how is the environment? And when she, when she did this experiment where she took eight seniors, they were in their 70s, and she took them and she put them in a, uh, to, brought them to a, a monastery, right? A place where they're going to spend one week. And this, it, it was a special kind of place because once these individuals, and a number of them had canes and they were walking out of the van, and they were just told here that you're going to go in this place, we're going to play a fun experiment, and you're going to pretend that it was 20 years ago. So instead of 1979, it's going to be 19 what? 1959, and you're gonna go there and you're gonna have conversations and you're gonna act as if you are 20 years younger. And she set up the environment to be able to support that. So everything that was on the news was current news. Every, the, the, the magazine and the newspapers reflecting current times there. And they had things that wouldn't get them out of state. They, there were no mirrors there for them to see themselves even, right? And so they wanted to create this environment for about one week. And they had another control group of, of guys and men that were in another environment, but they were, the environment, it was, it was in a changed environment. They were just told, told to reminisce about 20 years ago. Do you see the difference? Where one, it was really structured as if it was 1959. The other environment, they, they're saying, telling these, the subjects, these men who are in their 70s also, just to just talk about the, the not, not 1959s, right? What it was like to be back then. And then after one week, what do you think happened? What do you think happened after a one week of them deeply immersed as if it was 1959? They were younger. 
And now, what does that mean? How do you measure that, right? Well, they did it by physical strength. They gained physical strength. After just one week of being in this environment, they had better hearing. After one week, they had better eyesight. And their cognitive performance, like their intelligence actually improved. They did better on memory tests after just one week. And now, how many people believe your environment affects your psychology? Raise your hand, right? And so that's the power we have of the power of imagination. And you think about how you can employ that towards your own personal growth and your own longevity. Now, when I'm talking about imagination, who has, who has imagination in spades? Who are the fastest learners on the planet? Children. How fast can children learn things? A musical instrument or, or, or language. Compared to an adult, right? Because part of the, they, yes, part of their nervous system is still gelling, and they ask lots of questions, and they have an imagination, right? And they also what? What do children do all the time? What do they? They want to play, right? And then when I say play, you're thinking, when's the last time you actually played? You're like just, just right before we got here, which is amazing, right? And that's why I like environments like this because as we grow older, sometimes. It's the thing is, is, people say, well, I stopped playing because, you know, I'm growing older, right? But I think it's actually the opposite, that you grow older because you stop playing. Does that make sense? And so it's not just about living longer, it's about living better. And so how many people are willing to play like children at least this session? Raise your hand. All right, let's test this. I want you to get in groups of three right now, three people you do not know. Find three people you do not know. If you need a group, raise your hand. Go, go. So we're going to play a game here. So we talked about the power of imagination and the power environment it has in terms of your longevity, your lifespan, and the quality of your life. I want to talk about the power of play, and we're going to do an exercise here. Now, in order to be able to do this, I'm also going to incorporate three keys to really get the most out of your learning and your life ongoing from, from here on out, okay? And we're going to play a game. How many people here like superheroes? Raise your hand. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to play like superheroes. And one of the reasons why we're going to do this is we're going to step into new emotional states that are really key to accelerated learning. And what we're going to talk about is the states of play, the states of focus, and the states of courage or confidence. How many people want one or more of those three? Play? Raise your hand if you'd like to have more play in your life, more fun. Would it, would it reflect in your business, in your career, if you're more playful in your relationships, have more enjoyment there? What about focus? Raise your hand if you'd like to bring more focus in your life. Yes. Would you be able to get more done and be able to be, able to be healthier, to be able to live longer? Yes or yes? And then the third thing is confidence. How many people would like to have more boldness, courage, confidence? Raise your hand. Will that help you to be able to pursue your dreams, to be able to get yourself to do things that are uncomfortable? Yes or yes? So we're going to be able to do this through, the, through getting it into our body. Because my, my, the whole precept of what we teach with Superbrain um, and our podcast is that knowledge is not enough. You know too much information. You've probably forgotten more about personal development and personal growth than most people will, you know will ever learn in their lifetime. Is that fair? that you probably have lost and forgotten all this. So knowledge is not enough, because knowledge is not power. It's only what? Potential power. It only becomes power when we what? When we use it and we utilize it. So for me, it's about getting it from your head to your heart to your hands. That's power. When you can take it from your head 
and move it through the energy of your heart, the emotion, then you can act with your hands. Because how many people have ever learned something really important like the past few days? Raise your hand if you learned something powerful. Now, what's the odds of people employing that the next day after we leave here? It's very low for two reasons. Number one, most people forget it. 80% of what you learn is gone within two days. But the other reason why is people don't use it because it's not in their body. And I want to get you the, this play, this focus, and this courage in your body. And we're going to use the archetype of superheroes, right? We're all on this super, superhero journey, if you will. And so three of my favorite superheroes, what we're going to do is we're going to role model them and we're going to act as if. Just like these gentlemen did in their 70s, they were acting as if they were in their 50s. We're going to act as if we're eight years old. So we're all going to... So we're all gonna, we're gonna have lots of years to our life. So what we're gonna do is, let's do this. I want everybody to show me what Spider-Man looks like. What's his move? Everyone does Spider-Man move. So it's, everyone's, just to be clear, is you're spinning the webs, right? So you're going like this. And it's funny how you add the sounds there automatically, right? So show your partners what Spider-Man looks like, go. And what I want you to think of is Spider-Man for you moving forward is gonna represent play, play. Because if you read, the comic books, if you watch the, the shows, the, uh, the movies, he's very playful when he's battling and he's going out doing that because he's a, he, he's a teenager, right? And so he's very, very playful, but that allows him flexibility, and flexibility is power. You know, any kind of system, those who have the most flexibility will win as opposed to somebody who only has one way of reacting or responding. Does that make sense in game theory? So you want to have that flexibility, but what allows you to have flexibility is play. That's why Daniela did this movement and being free like that allows you flexibility to be able to get a better result. But you got to get it in your body because yes, you learn through visual and you can learn through, how many people like to learn things by seeing it? Raise your hand. How many people seeing it's nice or reading it's nice, but you like to have a discussion and hear it and listen to it? And then raise your hand if those th two things are valid, but for you, what's most real is you want to get it in your body. You want to roll up your sleeves and do it. That's how you understand things. So there's visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And when you stack all three, you accelerate your learning. Does that make sense? Because you're using more of your senses, your nervous system. So what you're going to do is when I ask you to do Spider-Man, you're going to actually do the move. So show your partners what Spider-Man looks like one more time. And remember, and now, now, don't just, I want you to, now watch this, the difference. I want you to do it again, but this time, be playful, like you're eight years old. One, two, three, go. And that playfulness, and that playfulness will get it in your body. That playfulness, you can feel it in your body, right? The other reason why we do this is that information is not enough. Remember, do this. Information, do this, say this, information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. One more time, information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. And that's the state. All learning is state-dependent. Life is emotions, right? Even time, you know, we don't even know how to define time most of the times, but, but how many people have ever felt something where you felt like time went by really slow? How many people have ever felt something, a different kind of emotion where, where time just stood still? right? Because time is a feeling, right? It's an emotion. And so you want to get that emotion in your body because all information, all learning is state dependent. So you want to add the emotion to it. So one more time, Spider-Man, go. Very nice. Now come back. Now, the second one I want you to think about is focus. And now for me, the superhero that represents focus for me is Black Panther, because they're such amazing, like he's amazing innovators. And what's the move 
for Black Panther, for those of you who know. So you're going to make a fist like this, and you're going to bring it to your chest like this, right? Does everyone show your partners what, what that looks like? Wakanda. <laughs> so Wakanda, come back center. So the, Wakanda is known for their innovation, for their level of focus in battle, for the level of being able to their creativity. These are these mental, how many people here would like to have better focus and creativity? Innovation, right? So everyone do the move, show, you, show your partners. Very good. And then finally, the last move is about courage. It's about boldness. It's about confidence. And I want everybody to do the, do the Wonder Woman pose. Show, show your partner what the Wonder Woman pose looks like. Show your group what the Wonder Woman pose. Okay. Very nice. Now, how many people have saw this study that was done at Harvard, Amy Cuddy, about, about doing the Wonder Woman pose? What, what, what are the results from that? More confidence? Yes. What else? Better outcomes, right? Because you're more confident. It boosts your testosterone, gives you more courage and boldness. Because does your physiology affect your psychology? Of course it does. And you know that. As your body moves, your brain grooves. And so everybody, again, let's do your confidence pose. Show, wonder, show your team Wonder Woman. Very nice. Now, here's what we're going to do. Look back center. What we're going to do now is we're going to play a game. We're going to play a playful game because you are a child. And this is, this is our monastery here where we're going to pretend we're eight years old again. We're eight years old. You're going to use your imagination. We always know imagination is more powerful than what? Knowledge. Who said that? Einstein said that. Because knowledge is what is, but imagination is what could be. All the things in your life that you want to create are going to come out of your imagination. We, we do an annual event, and in our audience, we had um, the author of The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. And I was like, oh, please, can you please, would you mind, sir, coming up here and just sharing some of your thoughts? And we had this deep conversation, and I asked him, um, what's your superpower? I want to know, like, you're, you're a superhero to so many. What would you say is your superpower? And he says, Jim, my superpower is the same as everybody's superpower here. It's the superpower of imagination, right? And that's the power. If you want to be able to create an incredible life and you want to be a thermostat where you're setting the goals and you're, it's happening as opposed to responding like a thermometer, you need that power of imagination. So you're going to tap into your imagination here in a moment. And what I'm going to ask you to do right now is go back to back. Go back to back with your partners, all three or four of you, all of you back to back, not just two. And what I'm going to ask you to do here in a moment, you don't have to, you don't link arms, you don't have to link arms, just go back to back. And in a moment, I'm going to go one, two, three. When I say three, I want you to immediately turn around and you're going to choose one of the moves, Spider-Man, Black Panther, or who? Or Wonder Woman. And what I want you to do is I want you to pretend you have another superpower, and that's a superpower of mind reading. Right? Empathy. I want you to pretend you're Professor X or Jean Grey and that you're really mind melding with your new partners, your new friends. And I want you to do the best you can to be able to do the same superhero. Does that make sense? So I want you to think, connect, connect with your new friends right now, energetically, mentally, emotionally, connect and think of a superhero. And in a moment, I'm going to go one, two, three. And then all of you are going to turn around to face each other and then be that superhero. And the goal is to pick the same one. And if you pick the same one, 
I want you to celebrate like an eight-year-old. What are you going to do? Show me. What are you... No, like really celebrate. What are you going to do? All right, fantastic. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Raise your hand if you won that time. Raise your hand for group one. All right, we want to get more winners here. Go back to back. Let's try it again. Back to back. Now you're thinking of a superhero. You're tapping into your inner eight-year-old. So right now, you've gained, you've gained longevity right now just this session alone. Isn't that great? Because you're acting like an eight-year-old. And we know by acting as if, based on the Ellen Langer study out of Harvard, that you, you're already gaining age. You're gaining time. You'll be able to live longer, right? So I want you to think about a superhero. And this time, you're thinking, oh, is she going to switch it on me? <laughs> Ready? One, two, three. All right, we got to get more. Who, who won that time? Raise your hand. All right, let's do it one more time. Last time. Go back to back. Last time. Back to back. Go back to back. Shh. Now, really, like, put your, put your, put your fingers by, by, your, by, your, by your, your temples right now. Just really tune in to your part. What are they thinking right now? You're thinking, like, and honestly, if you mess this up, it's not your fault. It's their fault. Tune into it. Group mind. How many people believe there's a universal mind or a group mind, right? A mastermind that, that when two or more people get together, they could create amazing things when there's clarity. Are you ready? Are you ready? One, two, three. All right. Now what I want you to do is link up, link up arms with your partner, link up arms with your partner. You don't have to go in a circle, not as full circle, just a line. And then what I want you to do is find one more group and link up with them. So now you have three and three, six, go. I'm going to teach you uh, 10 ways of keeping your mind ageless and your brain strong. It's going to add years to your life and life to your years. But what I want to do first is I really want to anchor the information that you learned. Meaning, again, you could have a lot of notes, and a lot of you have a lot of notes. How many people took some, some notes over the past few days, right? And if you, by the way, if you've gone through Superbrain, we do a whole note tick. How many Superbrain super are in the room? Amazing. So we go, actually go through, actually step by step, how to take notes, which is very important in terms of your retention. But what I want you to do here is I just, I, we know that knowledge is not power. We don't need to know any more information. We need to apply the information we already know. And that's, that's, that's what I feel like is most important. Utilize what you know. I'm not saying not, don't continue to learn. Of course, do that. But get in the habit of learning something to implement it. Like, that's why I learned everything that I learned, is I just want to learn it so I can apply it, and I can learn it so I can teach it to somebody else. And because I have that intention, your intent matters. Does your intent matter in life? When you want to remember someone's name, does that intention matter? When you want to be able to make a sale, does your intention behind that make a difference, yes or yes? Because nothing sells, like, nothing sells like caring. Nothing sells like sincere interest in somebody. So you don't have to use a tactic. You just have to really care. 
And what I would say is the reason why I want to learn is I want to learn so I could use it because I don't want to just have information in my head. I have lots of information in my head. But the other thing is I want to learn it so I could pass it on to somebody else. So what we're going to do is we're going to employ both of those things. You learned an incredible amount over the past few days. What I want you to do is to grab a pen or, or a, your notebook or your phone if you don't have a place to write. And I want you to just write down three things. Write down three things that you picked up. Insights, ideas, strategies, resources, something that just was worth, would be worth you employing. Something maybe that you could figure out to do. So take out a piece of paper. There's paper on the sides also as well. Or you could write it in your phone. I just want you to write three ahas. Does everybody know what an aha is? Like those eurekas. I call them, the, I call them quickenings. Something that you learn is just like, okay, maybe you might have known that thing before, but because you heard it at this time of your life, it is especially meaningful. Write those down. At this event. At this event. Very good distinction. What did you pick up the past few days? I just want you to write three ideas, ideally something you could employ and do, a workout, an exercise. I want you just want to write it down and capture it. Three things. If you have your notebook, you could just go through your notebook and that would be easy to circle three things. An inspiration, an idea, a strategy, a resource, a person you're going to call. The past few days, you have a lot of data and you want to turn that data into doing. You, there's too much information. Right? You're drowning information, but you're starving for practical wisdom. What are those nuggets that's going to serve you? That you would look back a year from now, three years from now, 10 years from now, having done that thing, acted on that, knowing you're in a totally different place, in a more incredibly beautiful place, because you took action on that one thing. And it doesn't have to be profound. The most amazing things I've found are the things that are so simple. It's the things that we just put aside. You know, and the people like, you know, I know you're not here because you want to dabble, because you want to be here. You're here because you want to be, become on that path to mastery, right? And maybe we never reach a level where we call ourselves master or have that identity, but we're on a path. And so the simple things I find are the most powerful. Right? And I'm going to talk about the 10 keys after this on, on what you could do to, to increase your lifespan and improve your, your, have an ageless mind. And they're so simple and common sense. Does everybody have three things? Does anyone need more time? Okay, what I want you to do is just circle the one thing that just, it's talking to you. Like you feel more energy in that one thing. Just circle that one thing, that idea, that inspiration, that individual that instruction, that one thing. And what I want you to do now is I just want you to take a moment, just for a few minutes, we're gonna go around in your group and I want you to share that one thing. What is the one thing that you're taking away? It's not just limited to one thing, but I want you to share that with your group and just go around. Now, now the person who starts is the person with the shortest hair. The shortest person with the shortest hair in the group, they start, all right? And then you could go, listen, listen, don't start yet, don't start yet. The shortest hair, shh. And you're gonna go counterclockwise because the name of the study that Ellen Langer did out of Harvard, 
where he took she took people from 1979, put them in 1959. It was called the counterclockwise study. So I want you to go counterclockwise from the shortest hair, and you're going to share your big aha with the group. Ready? Go. Okay, give your group a round of applause. Let's um, let's get some ahas. Just uh, just raise your hand. Let's share with let's share with the room here. Raise your hand if you want to share like one thing that you you received out of A Fest so far. We have mic runners. Just anyone raising? Perfect. Your your name, where you're from, and your your aha. I, I had to look at I had to look at my label. Yeah, for your name. I'm Barlow. I'm from London, and uh, my aha moment was something I sort of intrinsically knew but hadn't quite figured out, which was that wonderful quote that went up earlier today, which was about. Your life isn't about me; it's about everyone you touch. I think that was probably the most profound mm. thing that I've learned. Fantastic! Let's give him a hand. It's not about me; it's about we. Very nice. Yes. Your name, where you're from, and your big aha. I'm, um, I'm Adelina, and I'm from Seattle, Washington, uh, in the United States. So. Uh, my uh, biggest aha moment uh, from all my conversations with all these amazing uh, conversations with people that I've had here is that I feel every single person that I've come across and I've spoken with is like a, a guide, is here for a reason. It's not just accidental. It's really uh, for a reason, is there to give us a message mm. that we're supposed to pay attention and listen to in a sense that there are like a spiritual guide giving us a message. And I've had so many messages from every single person I've spoken with. So I just want to say thank you to all of us, all of you that um, gave, a, gave me such profound and aha messages. Let's give a round of applause. How many people, how many people believe that everybody could be your teacher? Raise your hand. Certainly, I believe that the life we live are the lessons we teach, right? And everybody could be a shining example, or they could also be a warning, also to us, also as well. But everybody could be our teacher. And imagine just having that attitude, just going around, because your your learning never ever stops. Yes. Hey everyone, I'm Maru. I am from Venezuela. I live in Dallas, Texas. And my biggest aha, it was so big I could have left that day, was the first morning. Um, I honestly thought this year there was something wrong with me. I am generally um, full of life and the life of the party. I've been building an online business for six years now on the first morning. Uh, Vision says that loneliness is worse for health than obesity and smoking. Yeah. And I realized, I think to myself, oh my gosh, there's nothing wrong with me. I've just been lonely yeah. because I've been behind my laptop and, and doing what I do because I had to. And so that thought and that concept and that explanation was beyond liberating and healing. And you are a healer as well, my friend. Attended your workshop and just I started feeling like I was blocked or like there was something wrong with me. And I realized that I just didn't know how to learn. And I didn't know learning could be so sexy. So thank you. All right, let's go. For uh, how, many, how many entrepreneurs could relate to that also, where you're just by yourself all the time or maybe on a computer? And it's interesting with social media because it's great because we get to see our friends and our family get easy updates. But there, there's a disconnect also there as well. 
I'm going to notice that, I just want to recognize that there's a theme here. Do you, everyone see like there's a, there's a common thread that's going on here? What is it? Community. They're community, right? Connection, me to we, not feeling lonely. By the way, loneliness is, um, it increases your, your chance of, de of dementia 65%. I mean, 60, that's what the newest research is saying. So that sense of connection is so very important. And I feel like that, yes, entrepreneurs, you could hustle and you could be strong, but also asking for help, is that strength when you need it? Asking, does it take courage to be, able to, to be able to do that and connect with individuals? And so that's really good for your brain because your brain is not, your performance and your longevity is not just based on your, your, your biological networks or even your cognitive neurological networks. It's based on your social networks because that's why they say who you spend time with is who you what? It's who you become. And we know that because we can repeat all these sayings, but are we practicing that you know, in terms of who we choose to be in our life and also who we allow to be in our life also as well? Because how many people here, you're, you're challenged because you're gonna be going home and then maybe some of those people aren't um, necessarily vibrating at the, at the highest level for where you are in your life, raise your hand. And it's interesting because can you choose, can you choose and make a conscious choice on, on who, even if it's family, you could love your family, but you could choose the people that have that, that expectation for you, right? And who you're gonna give that, who you're gonna allow to have, be able to have that power or that control, if you will. One more, just, uh, does somebody have something burning? Just raise your hand. Aaron, buddy. Hey, I've got one over here. Okay, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do two. One sure. here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish here, yes. So I'm Spencer from Miami, Florida. Um, so simplification, intensity, and structure. And you were talking about sharpening the saw. And I was thinking about my life, how it, were. it wouldn't even be mattering if I was sharpening the saw, if I'm trying to like saw all these different materials because I'm bringing way too many things into my life. And so I feel like a lot of the purpose and passion I've really figured out, but between 10X and learning faster and all these things, it's really about clearing out the distraction and doing the things that I already know, which is like paying attention and increasing my physiology and being really present with someone. Uh, but that made a massive, massive difference in like how clearly I can see how to create the space for success moving forward. Let's give him a round of applause. A, a couple of those, couple of those points. Simplicity, I, I, love, I love that word because I'm really what I'm looking for. Anybody can make things more complex, and that's just the truth. Anything can make, anybody can make things more complicated. And it takes, how many people here, are, do you feel like you're, you're an expert at something? Raise your hand, right? And so for me, an expert is able to communicate something in a way where they make it more elegant because they've gone through the trial and error, they've made the mistakes, and they could focus on the things that really, really matter. And so elegance for me, and the other thing is with, when we're talking about intensity, like these workouts, notice that, um, again, raise your hand if you did, if, if, you do, if you went to one of the workouts here, 10X. The reason why it works, like everything works like this. It's all based on frequency, duration, and intensity. L learning is the same way. Just like if you want to build, build your physical muscle, it's not just, so if you could do frequency, right, repetitions, you could do duration, meaning you could go and, and, and spend more time at the gym. Um, you could also make it so intense 
that we use I like intensity because we do that with the memory training for those of you who went through super brain is we make experiences so intense you don't need the frequency and duration because what's the challenge what's the challenge with frequency and duration it takes time and the time is the one that's your most valuable asset period and that's the one thing you can't get back but when you make something more intense for those of you who are in how many people business owners and or, or uh, sales raise your hand that's marketing right much sales you could do frequency, meaning somebody, you could show an ad many, many times, or you run Facebook ads many, many times, frequency. Duration is you could do longer sales meetings, you could do infomercials, 30 minutes, like sales videos, duration, or your message could be so intense that there's no cycle, right? Somebody just hears it and it, it hits them emotionally where it really counts, and then there's a purchase. So look at things in terms of shortcutting. In the world we live in today, we don't necessarily have, have the time for frequency, like repeating things over and over again. Like I don't have the time to repeat a name 50 times in my, in my head. I don't have the time to rehearse a presentation 100 times over and over again. Because if you use intensity, that's how your neurological muscles work also. All right, so that's, a, that's an incredible shortcut. And so we're always looking for these kind of strategies. Aaron, brother. Name, where you're from, and, and what was your big... So my name is Aaron from the States. The big takeaway from me was on day zero with Eric, um, talking about the visual and auditory and kinesthetic changes in terms of speaking and teaching. I do a lot of that from stage and working with groups around longevity through love and understanding that the way in which everyone receives and understands love is through different means and to feel that slow, gentle speech or the fast, intense intensity that lightens up from within and to be able to communicate that and also seeing that through the last few days a way in which different speakers communicate their message and what connects to me and what connects to others really hit home and it's something I can take away into the work I'm doing in the world. So. Mm. I love that, Aaron. Let's give him a hand. Just like there are love strategies um, or love languages, we all have preferences in terms of our criteria of what's most important, how we like to be communicated with. Try, try this. Everyone take out a piece of paper and just write your first and last name. Just on a piece of paper, first and last name. Or if you're typing, use you know, your dominant hand, just one hand. Type it. And then when you're done, switch hands. And with your opposite hand right below it, write your first and last name. Now, if it's not on a digital device, I just want you to show your neighbor if you wrote it down. By the way, definitively, and I'll just put this out there for those of you willing to entertain this, you know, my life is a bunch of experiments and because I want to practice this. Um, there's a difference between handwriting your notes and digital recording. Which one do you think is more effective when it comes to retention and comprehension? Handwriting, hands down. And if you listen to that podcast episode I do about note-taking, how many people here listen to my show? Raise your hand. So everybody here has a podcast app. If you search Jim Quick in the podcast app, we have a show, our team has a show, it's only 10, 15 minutes long, on how to do these things. There's no advertising, no sponsors or anything. Just there's an episode on how to take notes, how to change your habits, and all these great things. And so taking notes with your hands, and I'm not gonna go through the reasons why, is actually better for your understanding and your comprehension. But my point in this is now that you have you wrote it with your dominant hand and non-dominant hand. Show your neighbors the difference. Show your neighbors what you came up with. Okay, come back. Shh. 
So here, which one was easier, one or two? One. Which one was more comfortable, one or two? Which one was higher quality, one or two? One. Hopefully one, right? So here's the thing. You're saying number two took longer, it was more uncomfortable, and the quality wasn't quite as good. And my, my point in bringing this up is this. Have you ever tried to learn something? It could be a subject you're very interested in, but for some reason, you're just not getting it. Have you ever had days like that because you're working, you're working with somebody trying to learn it? Maybe you're trying to learn it with the opposite hand. Does that make sense? So it took longer, and the quality wasn't as good, and it felt a little uncomfortable, and you don't know why. Maybe because the way you prefer to learn is different than the teacher's way of teaching. Does that make sense? So maybe metaphorically you're two ships in the night and you literally pass each other and you don't even recognize the other one's there. There's no connection, right? Human beings are the same way. So when you have ways that you prefer to learn, let's take visual, auditory, kinesthetic because that's a, simpl a simplified, you know, a simple way of looking at it. Some people like to learn visually. If a teacher is teaching differently, you might get part of it, but you're not getting all of it. Does that make sense? And so with love languages, it's very much the same way. Even how people communicate with each other, you could see somebody who's very learning style is visual and somebody who's very auditory. And then somebody who's very visual, they tend to speak faster, right? And auditory seems you know, more, more level. Kinesthetic people talk slower, right? Because it takes more time to get in touch with your feelings. Visual people talk really fast because a picture's worth what? Thousand words. You have to keep up with the thousand words. That's really fast, right? That's why even with our speed reading program, we get people visual because they can process a thousand words really, really fast, get them in visual mode, right? Visual people also use very visual words. When I say you have a bright future, what mode is that? Visual, because what's the, what's the word? Bright. If I say that sounds good to me, sounds good what you're saying, what, what mode am I in? Auditory. If I say I, I don't get a, I'm learning. Remember we're talking about learning? I just can't get a grasp around that. Can't get my hands around it. What's that? Kinesthetic. So you see how these things, but it also shows up in your breathing, in your posture, in your eye movements. When I ask people to do visual experiments and I ask you to visualize success and I ask you to visualize like what you want to be able to learn and we, we take TED and actors and teach them how to memorize their scripts and they make it visual. Look at your, look at your, look at your par partners. Just look at that right now at just your teammate. And I want you to just remember how many, how many, uh, how many windows are in your home? Quick. Just, just how many windows are in your home? Just kind of like, notice where your eyes go when you're thinking about this. Now, for the most part, where did your partners look? Up, right? Because when you look up, you tend to send more blood flow to the, your visual cortex, which helps you to be able to imagine or remember things that you see, right? Now, when people go like, uh, now, by the way, there's a difference. When you look up and to the right, it helps you to visually imagine something. Now, when you look up and to the left, it helps you to visually remember something. Because you can only visualize and picture two things, either something you remember, like the windows in your home, or something that's imagined that you've never seen before, right? Creativity. Does that make sense? Did anyone ever see that, that movie? Um, it was The Negotiator with Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Spacey. Anyone see that? Raise your hand. Remember the, the scene where Samuel Jackson was uh, interrogating somebody, and he says, you're lying. He's like, how do you know? He's like, you're looking up and to the right. Because visually, talking about something, he's imagining. Now, I don't want you to go back to your spouses and your kids and <laughs> like become a human lie detector. But the, and now, this isn't an exact science, but like anything, there are tendency and traits. Does that make sense? And it's allowing, but it's neurological. And once you want to, now, isn't these little distinctions, are these useful to know as a coach? 
as a parent, who here is, is, is a parent? Raise your hand. Who here has children? Who here was once a ch child? <laughs> who has a relationship with a human being? Raise your hand. So these are useful things to know about strategies, love strategies, learning strategies. Everything comes down to strategies, right? So you're making things simple, you're making them intense, and you're looking at the strategy because there's always a method behind the magic. And my, 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 if you were to walk out with any one thing from my contribution here with you, is that genius leaves clues. Genius leaves clues. That if somebody is a genius, and I don't mean IQ, that's the thing I, I'm, I'm least impressed with. I'm talking about somebody who, is a, who excels in their expertise, that they're doing something other people aren't doing. People who could read three times faster are doing things that people who weren't taught are doing. People who can learn languages, two, three, four, languages easier, they're doing things unconsciously other people aren't doing. Pick up a musical instrument. All, how many people want to do one of those things or more, right? There are strategies to genius, and that's what our, the breadth of our work is, is helping make those strategies very explicit. So that when I memorize 100 people, like you see me at A-Fest, memorize names and numbers and words, that there's a method, because there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's just a trained memory and an untrained memory. And this takes this off of you, because if you're not good at this, it's just we weren't taught. It'd be the equivalent of somebody being, you know, somebody not being good at ice skating. And you wouldn't be upset at that person nor blame that person if they never took a lesson in ice skating, right? It's the same thing with reading. It's the same thing with all the things. Focus. When's the last time you took a focus class? A class on memory, a class on imagination, productivity, you know, creativity, problem solving. So if you're not great at that, we just weren't taught. And these are all things that are taught. And so when, I'm, when we're done here, I'm going to show you, share with you the 10 keys for unlocking what I call your, your superhero brain, right? Your super brain, if you will, that's going to keep your brain and your mind ageless. And the things, here's the thing, one third of your brain health and your memory, your intelligence is predetermined by genetics and biology, but two thirds is in your control. Now, some people suggest all of it's in your control, that we're creating our reality all the time. All right, so whatever, whatever studies you buy into, we have more control than most of us believe. Is that fair? And everything counts. Everyone always wants to know what the magic pill is. There's no magic pill. There's just magic processes, right? And I'm gonna go through those 10 things here. So really the goal here is just remember this. I want you to write down GPA, GPA. Write down the initials GPA. And my goal here is for you to leave here and not just have a great event. Yes, probably the most valuable thing you have gotten here are new connections and new friendships. Raise your hand if you met somebody amazing here that you know you're gonna know them for forever, right? So that, that's irreplaceable. But when it comes to your, 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 your using ideas and insights to be able to move things forward, I don't want those things to die on the vine, to literally die on the vine in, in, in your brain. Like, um, we, years, years ago, um, Vishen and I, uh, we were in, um, the, on, on the Amazon rainforest. And there are pictures of me on Instagram where, you know, on the Amazon rainforest, there are pink dolphins, like, like that was the most amazing experience, right? And we came across an indigenous tribe, their very first Western contact. But if the Amazon River is like, you know, one of the most amazing forces of nature, right? Huge river, it's being fed through like streams. Right? Does that make sense? Multiple, multiple streams are feeding this into creating this experience. And what I'm here to say is this potential that you have in your intelligence, your memory, whatever it is, is being fed through streams, right? And it's not invisible. You might not see what's going on upstream, but then it shows up. And if it, and if it kind of dies off 
and it evaporates and, it, and, kind, and you have a drought, you have to look at what's going on further upstream. Does that make sense? So I'm going to go through really quickly the 10 different things. But what I want you to do is be able to memorize these 10 things. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through, and I'm going to teach you this very quickly, um, a way of putting it onto your body. And we're going to put it onto your body just for, for ease. We've done this before. But when I go through these 10 keys, I teach this at the Cleveland Clinic for Brain Health. The Cleveland Clinic for Brain Health, the center, they're doing two things. They're, they're, they're treating people with Alzheimer's and dementia, caregiving, if you will, and they're doing the latest research, the latest research in the, air, in the area of brain aging. And what, would, what my contribution there with the doctors and the caregivers and the researchers has to do with teaching them prevention, talking about prevention. So I'm going to give you the 10 keys to having an ageless mind, and what I, every single one of them you've either heard me say or you intuitively know that these are important. That's not the reason I'm saying it. The reason I'm saying it is to take knowledge and turn it into power, and I want you to take those ideas and have them have real impact. And what I want you to do is when I'm going through it, I want you to cycle through and on a piece of paper, rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10, how well am I doing in that category? Is that fair? Yes or yes? Now, this is the home stretch, right? And so some of you heard me tell this story at the last A-Fest. Raise your hand if you're at the last A-Fest. Fantastic. So, um, so a few years ago, I, um, I got invited to go to, um, okay, so there's a big boxing match with Mayweather and, um, and, and Pacquiao. I'm not, a big, I'm not a big boxing fan, but I like competition because I like to see people excel and what makes somebody elite. I want to see those patterns of genius that we talked about. And um, tickets were just extraordinary, thousands of dollars. No one would, I, would, I wouldn't pay for that. But Sylvester Stallone sends me a message saying, you want to watch the game, you want to watch the fight at my house? And I'm like, oh, I totally want to see this with Rocky, right? And the reason why I mention these names is contrary to what people might think, I don't post pictures like this or tell stories around famous people for the sake of saying these people. Me talking about a Will Smith is just different than me talking about Bill Smith. Is that, is that fair? That in order for me, as a memory expert, your memory is triggered by reminders. Right? You are constantly reminded. Even when you forget somebody's name or you forget what you need to do later that day, remember, have you ever forgotten someone's name or an actor's name or whatever, and it's bothering you, and it's bothering the heck out of you? And you're doing these techniques like, does it start with an A? Does it start with a B? Does it start with a C? Right? And you get really nervous when you get to like W because there's not many letters afterwards. But then hours go by, and you're just driving. And what pops into your mind? The name, right? And then where was it before? It was always there. They say they did these studies with um, surgeons where they'll stimulate different parts of a subject's or patient's brain, and they'll remember like trips they took as a kid to the point where like, they could read signs right off the highway. And that memory was there. They'll use a process called age regression. How many people have ever had hypnotherapy, hypnosis? And they'll take people down to a place when they were nine years old in this relaxed awareness place, and their unconscious comes out, and you know, really showing his genius, and they'll remember what day, 95% of, of people, adults, will remember what day their ninth birthday fell on, what day of the week. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary, right? So that information might be there, but the hard part is triggering it. So what I notice is people forgot something to do or whatever it is, what happens is there's a reminder in the external environment that prompted you unconsciously. Most of the times you don't even realize it. It could be a smell, a fragrance, a song on the radio, it's unconscious, and you'll just 
remember it because that information got tagged to the environment. So for example, they take people and they put them into a pool with a breathing apparatus and they'll have them memorize words, study a bunch of words. Then they'll take them out of the pool and they'll, they'll test them outside in the open air and then they'll put them down submerged underneath the water again and they'll test them again. Which one do they do better at? Underwater, Underwater right? Why? Because that's where they learned it. Because the environment got anchored to the information. And so a really fun brain hack to do is when I'm training actors and stuff like that, like, or let's say you're at the prepared to give a speech at a meeting, raise your hand if this is you, that you have to give a public presentation or you have to study lots of information, even if it's one-on-one. -on -one. You maybe can't study in the environment that you need to perform in, whether it's a meeting room or it's on stage or something like that, but you could take the environment with you. And the strongest sense out of your five senses, I'm just talking about the five, which one's the most anchored to your memory? Smell. Smell, your olfactory, right? I mean, just think as a hunter-gatherer, you need to be able to smell a poison or food, if food's rotten, that makes sense, right? How many people, if you smelled something, a food or a fragrance, essential oil, it could take you back years, and you'll have that real visceral feeling experience. So you could, what if you use that? So why did, what if you took that, that unconscious thing that happens, make it conscious and say, oh, I need to study for this presentation, this meeting, I'm gonna study my notes and my flashcards, whatever I'm studying, and you're smelling a very specific essential oil that's unique, or a lip balm, or a flavored gum, right? And then when you need to perform, take the test, or you know, give the speech, or do the meeting, whatever, you bring in that same smell. Does that make sense? Right, so these are all the, the hacks that, that, that we teach in Superbrain, and like hundreds of them, this is what we're gonna do right now. I'm gonna go through the 10 keys for unlocking your super brain. Again, one third of your memory is predetermined by genetics and biology. Let's say two thirds in your control. These are the 10 things I would focus on. Do not write these, well you can write them down because I'm asking you to go one, zero to 10. All I want you to write down is you can write down what the hack is and then zero to 10, how well are you doing in this area, all right? So the first one is a good brain diet. Good brain diet. So on a scale of zero to 10, What's an honest assessment? If you're honest and true to yourself, where are you on your diet? You don't have to say it out loud, but just write it down. So we, in Superbrain, we talk about the, the most important foods for your brain that are neurological, like protecting, you know, neuroprotective. So we're talking about avocados, we're talking about blueberries, or what I call brain berries, right? We're talking about broccoli, we're talking about eggs, if that's allowed to by your diet. We're talking about coconut oil or olive oil. We're talking about green leafy dark vegetables, wild salmon, if you're allowed to, if, you, if that's part of your, your, your diet also as, as well. Turmeric, I do every morning, I do like an almond turmeric like tea, right? All these things are neuroprotective. Number two, killing ants, automatic negative thoughts. How well are you controlling your self-talk? On a scale of zero to 10, honestly, even if you've done this with me, how strong are you? Zero to 10. Do your thoughts make a difference? Yes or yes? yes? If I say constantly I'm getting too old, is that gonna be self-fulfilling? Yes or yes? If I say I'm forgetful, I have a bad memory. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And this self-talk, doesn't matter if it's external or it's internal, right? When I was nine years old, teacher pointed to me saying, that's the boy with the broken brain. You know, cause I had that brain injury and those learning difficulties. Children, you are very, very susceptible to this, right? If you're a parent, your external words become their internal words. So that became my self-talk. Every time I, pa I, I failed a test, didn't do well enough or whatever, wasn't picked for a sports team, what'd I say? Oh, I'm just the broken brain, right? So your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. That's number two. Number three, exercise. 
And really what we're talking about here is movement. Your, the number one function of your brain is to control your movement, all right? That's why we know there's not just a brain-body connection, but a body-brain connection, that using your body in different ways stimulates neurogenesis, it stimulates neuroplasticity, it stimulates brain-derived nootropic factors, which is the fertilizer for making new connections. So you have to move, but we live in a very sedentary life. Right? I was reading this book talking about barefoot kids and how we're taking away seesaws and you know, swings and all these things. We're overprotecting them and then we're keeping them in a very sterile environment. They're not moving as much, right? They're always on their devices and they're not getting the brain growth, right? And it's leading to learning challenges and so on. But how much are you moving every single day? They say, they say sitting is a new smoking, right? You do not want to sit eight hours a day and just, and just study. I'm going to go through the rest fast. Number four, brain nutrients. Brain vitamins, because we're at a, you know we're traveling, we're not able to eat the best foods ever. Are you supplementing with? There are certain nutrients, and I would just have, I would make this a no-brainer. I would just go to your functional medicine doctor and get like hormonal tests, full spectrum tests, food sensitivity, and just see what your baseline is, because I really do believe people are bio-individual. Like, and I've kind of seen all the research, talked to so many individuals. Find out what works for you, because if you're the most important supplement is DHA for the brain, DHA. All right, that's number four. Number five, positive peer group. So rate yourself, zero to 10, how inspired, encouraged, challenged, energized are you by your peer group? And again, peer is choice. I'm not talking about your family, but although they maybe are your peer, but the people that you choose, right? So either get new group or choose who you're gonna let affect you, positive peer group, because it really affects your, your brain, zero to 10. Really fast, number six, clean environment. How clean is your environment? How organized is six, zero to 10? And you know this, right? Is your external world reflected by your internal world and vice versa? Because it's a feedback loop. Have you ever cleaned your room, cleaned your desktop, cleaned your work area, and all of a sudden you have clarity of thought? Yes or yes? This is, this is the, the, the interactive part. Yes or yes? The reason why I brought up the, the boxing match is this, is because I go over there, we watch this fight, and afterwards I was like, you know, I was me sitting here, Sylvester Stallone on the couch here, and then to his left was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I swear, if you took a picture of that, like, they'd be like, who photoshopped that Asian dude in, in that photo? <laughs> but I was like, what does it take to be a champion like those guys? And then Arnold said, Jim, the difference between an amateur and a champion is a champion's willing to push past the pain period. Just like for those of you who did the exercise over the past few days, it's that intensity. And, getting, and is there a pain period in a relationship? Is there a pain period sometimes in a health crisis? Is there a pain period also in your business? Multiple pain periods, right? The ability to push past, that's where the period is now because you've just done days and days and, you're, and you feel like your attention is wandering and going different places. This is the time when it counts, just like with your workout, right? And so if Lorenzo and his team's here, that would be, that would be the goal. So that's number, that's number six. Number seven, sleep. On a scale of zero to 10, how good is your sleep? It's important for your brain, Three really simple reasons. It's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. That's where you actually remember. You do not, even when you're doing these workouts, build your muscles when you're working out. You build it when you rest. Same thing with your mental muscles, same thing with your memory. So that's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. The other reason why you sleep is it cleans plaque out that could lead to dementia and potentially brain aging challenges. And how many people, raise your hand honestly, if you're not at an eight, nine, or 10 or asleep? Raise your hand if you're not. And that affects it. The last reason why is how you dream, right? Your REM sleep, your REM, your REM stages of your sleep, that's very important because that's where your, your creativity, that's where 
I'm telling you, like we did a whole thing on super brain on how to remember your dreams. But specifically, why do you want to remember your dreams? Because you learn all day, your brain doesn't shut off at night, it's, it's more active at night. And so Elias Howe created a sewing machine in his dream. You know, Paul McCartney came out with the song Yesterday in his dream. Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein in his dream. Periodic Table came to a chemist in his dream. What are you dreaming about at night that could solve a lot of the problems in your business, in your life, but you forget it the next morning? That's why the first thing I do in my morning routine is remember my dreams. And six steps on how to do that, we, we talked about in, in Superbrain. After that, sleep, eight, brain protection. Are you protecting your brain? And I'm not just talking about, about wearing a helmet in extreme sports. Yes, that's obvious. I've had a series of you know, traumatic brain injuries and concussions and all those challenges. Yes, but I mean like things like EMFs. Like we did a podcast episode specifically talking about um, electromagnetic fields and how it's affecting the brain. Is that affecting the brain, you think? Yes. Do you think it's normal? Do you think we evolved and are born to be able to be able to handle all the electricity that's coming out of these smart devices? You know, I read recently that over 90% of kids sleep with their phones underneath their pillows, right? Not on airplane mode, right? So it's, it's big, big, big challenge. We just did two videos on that. They have 4 million views in just a matter of weeks. You should watch, watch those videos. EMFs, protect your brain. Number nine, new learnings. New learnings, meaning that you might have seen the longevity. This is a longevity conference on the cover of Time Magazine where the, was this uh, study on nuns who were living 80, 90, and above. What was the secret to their longevity? First part, part of it was their emotional faith, gratitude. The other half, lifelong learners. These group of women were just learning every day, reading every day, having deep conversations, doing the work every single day. It added years to their life and life to their years. So always learning, and I'm preaching to the choir here. But I, I know for a fact, most of you could actually push it even more, all right? That's how you create neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. If you wanna know the secret to, to having an ageless mind, neurogenesis says you could create new brain cells the day you die. Neuroplasticity is saying you can create new connections the day you die. The two most important factors outside of sleep that's going to promote neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, novelty and nutrition. Just like your body, you have to give it novelty or stimulus and you have to give it nutrition and feed that muscle. Does that make sense? Same thing with your mental muscles. So novelty of movement, novelty of ideas. But most people, as we grow older, and I, I mean chronological age, we shut down because we feel like we know everything, right? So there's no novelty that's there. There's a Rumi quote that said, says, sell your cleverness for bewilderment. Like, when's the last time you felt bewildered? Remember, you don't have creativity or have focus or have a memory or have bewilderment or have love or have motivation or have energy. You do those things. You do energy, you do creativity, you do focus, you do bewilderment. So we're taking nouns, turning them to verbs, and we're taking a structure, a process, a strategy on how you can replicate that at will. And finally, the last thing, number 10, stress management. And this is the invisible one, right? Nobody wants to talk about, but you're under, a, how many people didn't realize how much stress they were under until they were like hanging out here on the beach? Because, because it's like fish, they don't see the water because it's there all the time. But we are under so much environmental stress, pollutants, environmental stress, emotional stress, work stress, cognitive stress, financial stress, and we don't realize that. But you don't get the best of the best out of that, right? It's good for fight or flight, sympathetic mode, but when you want to go, when you want to be able, it's not good if you need to think. If you're stressed, it doesn't help you study. When you're stressed, it doesn't help you give a presentation. When you're stressed, it doesn't help you perform cognitively because it shuts down cortisol, adrenaline, big parts of your brain. So stress management. So how are you managing your stress? All right, so stand up, we're finished. Stand up, we're almost finished. Two minutes, two minutes. Are we good, yes or yes? Yes. 
All right, shake out your body. Now what we're going to do is this technique is we're going to take a location on your body. And just so it's anchored on your body, we're going to take the 10 tips and we're going to turn them into images. We already said imagination will make you more youthful, more powerful, more childlike. We're going to take each of the tips and put them on 10 places on our body. Ready? On the top of your head, I want you to see, everyone see on the top of the head? Say top. And I want you to imagine the first brain tip, which is a good brain diet. I want you to imagine guacamole and blueberries all over the top of your head. This would never happen. You're like, that's so childish. That's why it works. I want you to imagine that. Even if you can't imagine it, imagine you can imagine it because that's your negative self-talk. Two is your nose. What's number two? Nose. And I want you, what's number two, everybody? Nose. Killing ants. Automatic negative thoughts. I want you to see ants coming out of your nose. You're killing them. Not to ever do that. It's gross. But remember, emotion is in, in what's important. Information alone, you'll forget it. Information, emotion, you'll never, you'll never forget it. Ants coming out of your what? Nose. Third place is your mouth. Touch your mouth. And I want you to imagine exercise. So what are you doing? What, imagine. What are you doing? What's that? Dumbbells with your lips, right? Push-ups with your mouth. Everyone just imagine that. Ready? Number four are your ears. Touch your ears. And I want you to remember, imagine brain vitamins. Brain vitamins coming out of your what? Ears. Omega-3s, ginkgo biloba, your B vitamins, all coming out of your ears, right? Remember, make it feeling-oriented and make sure you see it. Number five is your, is, your, is your throat. Touch your throat. Five is your throat. And I want you to imagine for number five here are your positive friends, your positive friends. I want you to imagine they're putting your, your best friends are putting happy faces, smiley faces on your, on your neck. That would never happen. Like, I, didn't, I just made that up. But you'll remember it because you don't remember the ordinary. You remember the extraordinary. By the way, is this working? What's on the top of your head? Good brain diet. What's the on your nose? Good. What's out of your mouth? Good. Number four? Good. And number five? Wow. Number six are your shoulders. I want you to imagine clean environment. There's somebody there that's um, mopping and vacuuming uh, dandruff <laughs> on, your, on, your sick, on your shoulders. Ready? Number seven is your collar. And I want you to imagine sleep. Sleep. And so imagine a hammock on your collar. Like remember a hammock and you're getting good rest sleep. Sleep. Do you see that? Good. Number eight are your fingers. Fingers. And I want you to imagine brain protection. So just imagine a helmet on each of your fingers with your favorite sports team. Look at it. Helmet. Helmets all over your fingers. Imagine what they feel like. See it? Feel it? Good. Finally, number nine and ten. Nine is your belly. And I want you to imagine new learning. So I want you to imagine a, you're, you're wearing like a bookshelf around your waist. A bookshelf around your waist. And your favorite books. Code of the Extraordinary Mind and all the authors here. They have your favorite books, new learnings. That's number nine. And finally, 10 is your seat. 10 is your what? Seat, your rear end. And I want you to imagine stress management. I don't even want to know what you're thinking about. Stress management. It could be red wine. It could be massage. It could be meditation, whatever that, but just put it there. Now, you are the memory expert, right? You are the memory expert. You could give a TED Talk. This is like the 10 points to a speech, right? So here we go. I need all your energy. What's number one? Good. Number two, killing ants. Number three? Number four? Number five? Yes, very good. Your friends. Six, clean environment. Number seven? Sleep. Number eight? Rain protection. Number nine? And number 10. Give yourselves a round of applause. Our message, our message to you is this. Our team here my co-founder Alexis, our entire team, we're really happy to partner with Mindvalley for Superbrain. You know, our message for you is, 
is we want to make the planet smarter. We, want, we believe that the collective wisdom of this room, of this planet, that if we can make better, brighter brains, we could solve a lot of the big challenges in your life and in this world that we need to. How many people believe the world needs superheroes, right? And really, it starts with, this, with our minds and our hearts and our hands when they're all aligned, right? And so I, we believe that your life is like an egg, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends, right? It cracks, it ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. And all great things begin on the inside. And you have greatness inside of you. You have genius inside of you. So let's let it out together. Thank you very much. You like listening to this type of self-development talks? Check the link in the description below to find some life-changing books in audiobook format. The audiobooks are completely free so grab the chance now.